welcome in. This is the Monday edition of the PFF Betting Podcast. As, as always, I'm joined by Kevin Cole, showdown expert. We got Colts Ravens on the horizon here. Interesting matchup, but at first, we got to talk a little bit about Sunday night, Sunday in general, I guess. Uh, I do think there were some impressive performances, to say the least. I do think, you know, some people are talking about game of the year already. Packers Bengals came down to who, what kicker could actually make a kick. Not overly impressive. I do think the Browns Chargers game was super exciting. I want to know, Kevin, with your quarterback rankings coming out here early next week, who do you think is going to be uh, toward the top and who's going to be higher? Justin Herbert or Dak Prescott? That is an interesting question. I mean, I think Herbert was a little bit higher uh, going into this week. It's been one of those weird situations for Prescott, at least, that his his efficiency from an EPA perspective maybe hasn't been as high as some people would have thought his grades maybe haven't been as high as some people would have thought. Uh, but he obviously had a great week this week. Herbert again, had a great week this week. Um, you cannot stop these chargers on third and fourth down. So I feel like it's one of these broken record type of situations where maybe it won't happen until 2022, but every week I'm thinking to myself, you know what, eventually they have to stop making these unlikely conversions and then they just go out there right. and they, you know, they convert half of their third downs and their three of three on fourth downs, including some fourth and very long uh, plays. So they, they just keep doing it every week. Right. And then, I mean, at some point you'd think it regressed, but it has not happened yet. Right. Nope. So we just continue to keep eating our words on Justin Herbert. But uh, what do you, what do you make of the chargers outlook here going forward? Are they, uh, I mean, outside of the bills at this point, are they the team to beat in the AFC with the chiefs kind of on the ropes here on Sunday night football? Well, we're at halftime, basically 24, 13, they're down 11. Is it the bills and then chargers is the top two teams in the AFC. Do you think? No, no, I don't think. I don't think so. I still think that the Chiefs are a better team. I mean, I know they can't cover anybody. I know they lost to the Chargers, although in that game, I think the Chiefs were probably a slightly better team in that game. There was obviously some big fourth down conversions for the Chargers. The Chiefs had three turnovers that were all a little bit on the fluky side, a fumble right. from Edward Tolaire, a fumble from Tyreek Hill after reception, a no-look pass, the no-look, no-catch. Um, that didn't work so well for the for the Chiefs. So no, I'm still putting the Chiefs a little bit higher. I think what's funny about that Browns Chargers game is you kind of had these two minds, you know, the two geniuses, uh, genius coaches right. going against each other there. And what's interesting is I'm looking at some commentary after this game. So people are really upset. It's Stefanski for play calling. I'm like, dude, they they scored 42 points. Like what? What do you want from the game? What exactly do you want in this game here? And I would say that okay, the play at the end. I think the play, the strategical strategery uh, play of the game was the Browns defense picking up Austin Eckler and throwing him in the end zone yeah. to get the ball back. Cause you know, everyone's star child, you know, the, 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 the greatest thing the Jesus reborn uh, Brandon Staley, why aren't you taking a knee in that situation? Right. Like why right. are you even right. handing the ball off to Austin Eckler? So he almost blew it there quite honestly, yeah. uh, but he yeah. didn't because the, the sun is shining on the chargers and on Staley so far this year. Yeah, I mean, so I, I hear a little bit of skepticism in your voice, but I am curious. We did talk I'm just about hating. I got to hate on somebody, hating. so I got to figure out on... whichever team people are going to love the most, and it's going to be the Chargers. I got to hate on them the most. Okay, I got two. I think I have two good follow-up questions. But last time we talked a little bit about fake sharp coaches. Yes, I want to know who your I want to know who your Mount Rushmore of actually sharp coaches is at this point. Who, okay, how would you kind of rate the top four? Uh, four. Geez, you're making me pull out of my, uh, three, going, three, going three, my bag here. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to put Stefanski 
at the top just because, I mean, he does make the right decisions. I know people are like, uh, people are complaining about the fact that Nick Chubb wasn't in there on the second to last drive yeah. versus Kareem Hunt. It's like, come on, guys. Um, so I'm going to put Stefanski up there, uh, although there's a few things you can quibble with, but he's pretty close on there. I mean, I like Harbaugh still, even though I, I realize there may be some things that you could you could quibble about there too for some of his decision making. But I still think that Ravens organization. I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna put him second, and then third. I mean, whatever. I'll throw Staley in there at third, but I'm still I'm a, I'm a little skeptical. I mean, I'm a little bit right. skeptical that he's just going like we have this whole thing where everyone thinks analytics equals aggression, and that's not always the case. He had a slight edge though on some of these fourth down tries that he tried here even some look improbable looking ones, but against the chiefs, when he went for it on fourth and nine, that was actually one where I don't believe he even had an edge on that one, but it right. ended up paying off. Yeah. I like that quite a bit. I do. I actually agree with you. I think that was a really good synopsis of where it's at uh, through, through five games. You're not ready to crown him yet. You have seen some elements with Brandon Staley to at least put him in the conversation, right? We'll see what happens. I know you're not a small sample size guy, so I yes. know I can totally understand you being, you know, him not necessarily being that upper upper echelon at this point. I gotta, I gotta think. I gotta ask you one more question though. I know we're gonna see a lot of power ratings coming out here Tuesday, Wednesday. They're gonna have the Cardinals in the one of the top three spots. They're gonna have the Chargers in the top three spots. And they're gonna have the Bills in one of the top three spots. How are you kind of having those top three spots still? I mean, between those three teams, I would put the Bills above the other, other two. two. Okay. I'm just like the horror to see where Kansas City is going to end up in these. Right. <laughs> they're going to be in the like, league average. After yeah, this they're going to be, they're going to be like, hmm, the Raiders or the, or the Chiefs. I'm not sure, right. you know, <laughs> if they're, they were actually, they were probably below the Raiders and some people's prior right. rankings even going into this week. So yeah, that, that's what I'm just, it, the horror of what, whatever comes out on that, I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, uh, very upset by, but yeah, I think those teams are right up there near the top. I mean, the bucks look pretty good. So, I mean, I think right. I would have the bucks maybe above all three of those teams. If I were really going to power rate them, I think they might be number one. Obviously they're going to need to get healthy on the back end, but man, that offense is really humming right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously Dolphins were missing some players, backup quarterback, those sorts of things, but they did look really good. I do think I do think the Cowboys are kind of legit still at this point. Do yeah, you think yeah. they are, you know, are they are they above the Cardinals um potentially in your, you know, synopsis of how you kind of rate these teams at this point? I think it's close. I mean, it just kind of depends on whether how much you believe in that Cardinals defense. And I think the Cardinals right. defense has been playing well. This was a weird sort of game where they they kept them in it, but it was against Trey Lance. So I'm not quite sure because the Cowboys defense has played well. If you just look at like an efficiency sort of perspective, but I believe they were number one, like from far and away number one, as far as the the expected points that they've gained off of turnovers. And then they had another turnover this game. So that's something that you would think would regress as the season goes on. Um, so it kind of depends on those two things. I mean, I, I think Dak and Kyler Murray are basically even at this point. I, right. I wouldn't put one above the other one right now. They're both high level. They're both looking like elite quarterbacks right now. Yeah, I love it. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I like where your head's at with both both those power rankings that we hit on here really quickly in the PFF Bay Podcast. But now we got to get to the, the people, give the people what they actually want. We got Monday Night Football, Colts at Ravens, uh, minus seven point spread for the Ravens. So they got a full touchdown differential, 46 point total. I do think if you did some shopping, 46 and a half. Uh, looks like heavy cash and ticket percentage on Baltimore. Uh, totals kind of split one way or the other. Do you like any spot on this game uh, from a betting perspective right now? No, no, I think this one, 
you know, I, I try to run some, some of my own numbers on here and it kind of fell exactly where I thought it was going to be. There's a little concerns, obviously on both sides. I mean, the Colts offense has been a low high floor, low ceiling type of offense so far. Yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz, no turnover worthy plays, which is a little bit shocking based upon how he played last week but they haven't had any high-end plays either. So I could see them potentially getting blown out. But the Ravens, on the other hand, this has been a team that has been carried by the passing offense. They have had poor rushing performances every single week other than when they played against Kansas City. And as we see, anyone can do whatever they want against Kansas City. So right. both, both offenses are a little bit interesting to think how can they play. Both defenses have been up and down also. So I think it's a fluctuation type of game. But seven falls right into where I think you couldn't really go in either direction. I mean, if it moved in a half point in either way, I think you can make a compelling case for it. Uh, but right at seven, I think it's a pretty fair number. Yeah, I, I actually like that quite a bit. I know, you know, Greenland has a little bit of value on the Colts right now. I don't really love Yeah, I might lean a little bit to the Colts, whatsoever. but I don't really want to say it, though. <laughs> right, <laughs> just sound, right, just right. sounds wrong. To, I mean, seven and that. a half sounds really good from a Colts perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah. Seven uh, would be but nice. six and a half would be great for a right way. And so I definitely agree with you. Half point in either direction, I do think, is probably justifiable play on that seven. Uh, looks like a pretty efficient uh, number for this matchup. But let's see. Let's talk about some player props before we get into a little bit of DraftKings showdown. Are you seeing anything, you know, from a usage standpoint? Of course, Rashad Bateman's probably going to be suiting up for the Baltimore Ravens. How do you think that's going to impact some of the pass catchers for the Ravens? I know you said uh, they've kind of been successful moving the football through the air. Probably a little bit unexpected uh, if we were, you know, talking about this in the preseason. But Lamar Jackson has gone over his passing yards prop every single week to start the season. Do you think the target breakdown is going to remain the same with Rashad Bateman or do you think he's going to potentially you know siphon some targets off of some other guys yeah I mean I think he is going to siphon some targets out I mean I was very high on Bateman coming out the question is you know first game back from injury what will end up happening but he has been practicing I mean he started practicing not just this week but the prior week and he seemed to have a good rapport with um, Lamar Jackson in the preseason. So I think he can step in. The thing with Marquise Brown is he's been a high target percentage guy when they were more of a low volume attack. And now he's, he's breaking out a little bit. I mean, especially if he didn't drop the ball uh, so right. often, he would be breaking out even more because he's, he's maintaining that high target share. So I think from an offensive perspective, just from the Ravens offensive perspective, they're going to want to take away probably some of his share and reallocate it. And Bateman's a great place to go because they don't have a lot of other places to go other than Mark Andrews. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think, and, from my perspective, I do think Rashad Bateman's going to eat more into Mark Andrews' targets than a, and then a guy like Marquise Brown or even Sammy Watkins. It's kind of how I'm expecting it maybe to go a little bit uh, here on Monday night, but we'll see. So, of course, I got to get it out of the way real quickly. I do like Carson Wentz over 9.5 rushing yards. We're seeing it again, you know, on Sunday night football. That's too high of a number rushing. for you. You like it when yeah. it's more like three and a half. I like six and a half is like the perfect perfect number for me today but then you know i rode davis mills over 4.5 i thought he could just oh, fall wow. forward didn't even end up getting there did get a carry though uh but only got two yards on it unfortunately so he almost I got like some kneel downs one. there you weren't you wouldn't have expected that <laughs> did not expect that thankfully i mean not at the end patriots <laughs> did pull it out shockingly enough but yeah we got a texans cover that's all that really matters in the end but we yes. will see so what what do you like from a props perspective what's kind of jumping off the page of you well, you know, I, I'm looking through some of our on our props tool here to see if I come in agreement with an independent uh, tool that has something to say here. I mean, I think I like Jonathan Taylor's under on receptions, which is looks like it's plus 130 here at one and a half. So I think I like that. Yeah. 
Uh, I think I like under on Mo Ali Cox receptions. He had a big week last week, but he's a guy who kind of comes and goes and he has receptions in bunches. So I wouldn't be surprised if that goes under a bit. And, you know, I don't mind the under on Lamar Jackson pass attempts at 26 and a half, just because he's been passing so much. And, you know, they kind of need to get that rushing game, I think, back on track. They're a seven point favorite. Are they really going to need to have him throw the ball, getting close to 30 pass attempts? I think they don't want to do that. And I'm just going to bet on the regressing back to the trend that we've seen over the last few years rather than the trend we've seen over the last few weeks. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a week five offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 in any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets. If either team scores a point, that's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Week 4 is in the books, which means PFF has data and grades for every single player who logged a snap last week. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade-powered projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. 0-100 to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Player prop tool, which shows plus-minus value for every NFL prop, and so much more. Check out the highest-graded players from Week 4 and look to find early value on spread picks and player props for Week 5. Yep, I like that actually quite a bit. So then the question is, do you like Lamar Jackson's over-rushing attempt? Carries at 10.5. He hasn't gone over it the last two weeks, but at 7 both weeks. Uh, went over this week 1 and week ter- 2 Las Vegas against Las Vegas and against the uh, Chiefs he went 13 and 17 do you think a better play could potentially be his going over 10.5 rushing attempts as opposed to playing his under uh, on pass attempts yeah yeah I, th- I think both of those work yeah I mean maybe maybe you're right maybe carries would be even better because uh, you're getting this potential for a good game script here so yeah I definitely like uh, the over 10.5 there too what about no, you so how are you yeah, that's that's one that I actually like. I do like that more than probably the past times. One other one that I do kind of like, Carson Wentz, uh, 20.5 completions. Given the game script, given the expectation that they're you know going to be playing from behind, also a touchdown underdog, I do think he's going to be throwing a little bit more. If, you know, even if they are able to keep it close, obviously it's going to come through Wentz's uh, passing arm, I would assume, more so than, you know, Jonathan Taylor carries or something like that. But the prop tool likes both Jonathan Taylor over 12.5 rushing attempts and Carson Wentz over 20.5 completions. Is there one of those two that you would be more inclined to play at this point? Yeah, I, I like the completions number that you mentioned because they have been throwing to the running backs and the tight ends quite a bit. They don't really have yeah. someone to stretch down the field here. Michael Pittman has been in and out as far as how involved he's been in the passing game. So, yeah, again, they, they, they've really catered towards this low upside offense. Now, if the Ravens are blitzing a ton, what will that mean? Will that mean they'll continue to try to get uh, dump offs and, and, and plays there? Or will they be forced to throw the ball down the field? That'll be an interesting dynamic between the offense and the defense of the Ravens. 
Yeah, I really like that. I think that is a really good point. So how are you kind of seeing things from a showdown perspective? Obviously, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to be heavily rostered, mm-hmm. especially in that captain position. Is is Carson Wentz a worthy pivot at that point, or do you think there's other more under-the-radar players on either offense that you could potentially fit into that captain position? Yeah, I think uh, Jackson, I'm projecting that he will be rostered in around 30% of lineups as a captain. He's pretty much the number one guy as far as having the highest number there. So yeah, not much value on him. I do see a little bit of value on Latavius Murray if you want to again, get in on these old guys that they have there at running back and just hope that mm-hmm. they'll be running the ball a bit more. Uh, so I think he has a little bit of value. Maybe even Sammy Watkins has a little bit of value there. Uh, that could be an interesting play if you wanted to to look at it as far as a captain spot. It's not going to hit very often, but when it does hit, it's not. no one else is really going to have him on the on the roster. And then the Colts defense for a flex option is something that's that's popping here. Uh, so, so maybe that's a good play. And then one last one is Le'Veon Bell as a flex option, just as someone who maybe will slide into that RB two role. And he seems to have leapfrogged Devonte Freeman. So if he, if he slides into that RB two role, if he can fall into the end zone one time, he'll be a decent flex option. Yeah. And definitely pay off his salary at that point. If he just falls right. in, it's not really that hard. It doesn't seem that hard. Maybe we'll do it. We'll see if we get, you know, some late garbage time carries for Le'Veon Bell on Monday night. But we will see Kevin. I always appreciate it. Make sure you guys check out Kevin Cole's awesome showdown content. It's going to have another one here tomorrow uh, going through all the different charts and options that you can play for both the captain and flex spot on DraftKings showdown slate. Uh, he's got some other great content. We talked about the quarterback rankings as well. Those should be out, uh, I think, Wednesday morning, um, I believe. And that should be, you know, another great spot to kind of evaluate some of these betting market opportunities as we head into week six. So from Ben Brown, joined by Kevin Cole, we appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast.